0: Hello everybody, my name's Rowan, and this is the 5th episode of Player's Goods and Informations. And this is my nice podcast. I hope you really enjoyed the episode so far. I've been working really hard on these things. Uh, The last one I did actually took two and a half hours to actually record. And then I had to post it. But, yeah. I really hope you enjoy this one. And yeah let's just get right in. So we're gonna be starting off today's episode with our class the Bard. As most people will know the Bard is the musical character usually knowing how to perform but at the same time having traits of other classes such as combat superiority, so spells, and even potential to be stealthy like a rogue. The Bards are a very interesting character to play because they are the jack-of-all-trades that everyone's always wanted to be but never actually chooses due to the fact that, as a stereotype, some people will think bards are just meant for playing music, or just performers, or boring characters, or sometimes even only playable as a human, but this is not true. Bards can be played as any class, and can be some of the funnest classes to play. If you like to quick build a bard, you can, first of all, choose charisma as your highest score, dexterity as your second and then choose the entertainer background and then choose dancing lights and vicious mockery as your cantrips, along with following first level spells charm person, detect magic, healing word, and thunder wave this is just for first level, you do not need to do this every single level Um, once you are first level you won't have to use the quick build at all just uh, exist, I guess and just add your level up hit points and abilities, which I will be listing later as a bard, you have some class features, and these are those class features. You are proficient with light armor when it comes to armor, simple weapons, hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers, and short bows when it comes to weapons, and short swords, and three musical instruments of your choice. And your saving throws are dexterity and charisma, and you can choose any three skills. When I said that a bard is a jack of all trades, I really meant it. You can literally choose any skill, there are no weird restrictions like there are with some of the other classes but now that I'm actually thinking about it, some of those, as I call them, weird restrictions make lots of sense so don't quote me on that weird restrictions please but um, bards are really awesome as you can choose any skill and you actually start with some equipment as well as all your class features you get a rapier a longsword or any simple weapon. You can get either a diplomat's pack or an entertainer's pack, a lute or any other musical instrument, or, and I mean, leather armor and a dagger. As a bard, you have also learned to reshape the reality in harmony with your wishes and music. Your spells are part of your vast repertoire magic that you can tune to different situations, using your instruments. You can see Chapter 10 in the Player's Handbook for General Rules of Spellcasting, and Chapter 11 for the Bard Spell List. You know what? I just had the best idea for an episode, soon I'm going to make an episode that is the Spellcasting Rules. And that will be my list of what I'm going to do for that episode, is the Spellcasting Rules, instead of the usual uh, class race and, you know, monsters. I think it will be a cool twist to my usual schedule. As a bard, you know two cantrips of your choice from the bard spell list. You can actually learn additional bard cantrips of your choice at higher levels, as shown in the Cantrips Known column of the Bard Table, which is just on the next page, actually. And uh, The Bard Table shows how many spell slots you have to cast spells of your first level as well, and higher, and to cast one of these spells, you must expend a spell slot of the spells level or higher and then you regain all expended spell slots when you finish a long rest. Um, for example, if you know the first level spell Cure Wounds, and have a first level and a second level spell slot available, you can cast Cure Wounds using either slot. You also have Bardic Inspiration, which allows you to inspire others through stirring of words or music. To do so, you have to use a bonus action, and then also you have to do this on your turn, and then um, you choose to you choose a creature other than yourself to within 60 feet of you, by the way, who can hear you to play your music or spoken word or whatever. Too, and then you that creature gains one bardic inspiration die, which is a d6. Once within the next 10 minutes, the creature can roll the bardic inspiration die, the d6, and add the number rolled onto one ability check. And when that happens, uh, at, oh, you can also add this to an attack roll or a savings throw that the creature makes. After this happens, the creature has to wait until after it rolls the d20 before deciding the bardic inspiration die, before using the bardic inspiration die, but must decide before the DM says whether the roll succeeds or fails. Once the bardic inspiration die is rolled, it is lost, and a creature can only have one bardic inspiration die at a time. Um, so... You can't just spam out your bardic inspiration to get you out of every situation. Um, That does not work. However, you can use this feature a number of times equal to your charisma modifier, a minimum of 1. And you regain any expended spell slots when you finish a long rest. Your bardic inspiration die changes when you hit certain levels in this class of bard. The die becomes a d8 at 5th level. Uh, d10 at 10th level and a d12 at 15th so at 15th level instead of rolling a d6 you roll a d12 which is very cool because then you can get better scores and uh... yeah bards are pretty awesome actually if you didn't know however you can only use this a limited amount of times say if your charisma modifier is plus four then you can use it four times but if your charisma modifier is one you can only use it once So, uh, yeah. Starting at second level, you can add half your proficiency bonus, rounded down, to any ability check that you make that doesn't already include your proficiency bonus. This is the ability called Jack of All Trades. And that's what the bard is. They're good at literally everything. Hey, um, sorry if I seem a bit, uh, distracted today. I'm kind of tired, since I recorded this one later than I usually would. (laughs) And, uh... Yeah, really sorry about that. Um, oh, also, true fact, some, car- some DMs don't allow bards because bards will take away from the other classes. Because, say, a bard who can use spellcasting, stealth, and combat will take away from the rules of, or at least this is what they think, fighters, rogues, and magic-using classes because we don't, you don't have as much use for them now that you have the bard who can already do what they can do. Bards also have Bard Colleges, and at 3rd level, you delve into the advanced techniques of a Bard College of your choice, which can be the College of Lore or Valor, at least that's what's in the Player's Handbook, both detailed at the end of the class description, which I will read. Your choice grants you features at 3rd level, and again at 6th, and again at 14th level. So, looking around, I actually found that some other Bard Colleges include Creation, Eloquence, Glamour swords and whispers, as well as valor and lore. So, I'm um, sorry about that. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Sorry again, I forgot that there were some other ones as well. Two other Bard College is our Spirits and the Dirge Singer, from Exploring Eberron and unearth Arcana. Uh, as well as some archived Unearthed or Canada, which are Creation, again, and Satire. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, I did not mean to. Um, yeah, so sorry about that again. Hope you enjoy the rest of the rest of the episode. At second level, I should have done this one first, you get the Song of Rest, which allows you to play soothing music, or spoken word, to help revitalize any wounded allies during a short rest. If you are any friendly creatures who can hear you performance, regain one hit point, hit points, not one, at the end of each of the short rests by spending one or more hit dice. Each of those creatures regains an extra 1d6 hit points. The extra hit points increase when you reach certain levels in this class to 1d8 at ninth level, 1d10 at thirteenth level, and 1d12 at seventeenth level. At third level, as well as your bard college, you also get to choose two of your skill proficiencies and your proficiency is doubled for any ability checks you make that use either of the chosen skill proficiencies, and at 10th level you can choose another two skills to gain the same benefit. At 4th, 8th, 12th, 16th, and 19th level you can increase one ability score of your choice by two, or two by one. As normal, you cannot increase any ability above twenty using this ability, or feature, sorry. At 5th level, you gain the ability Font of Inspiration, which allows you to regain all of your expended uses of Bardic Inspiration when you finish a short or long rest. At 6th level, you gain the ability to use musical notes or words of power to disrupt mind-influencing influences and effects. And as an action, you can start a performance that lasts until the end of your next turn. During that time, you and any of your friendly creatures within 30 feet of you have advantage on saving throws against being frightened or charmed. A creature must be able to hear you to gain this benefit. The performance ends early if you are incapacitated or silenced, or if you voluntarily end it. No action required. At 10th level, you have plundered magical knowledge from a wide spectrum of disciplines. Choose two spells from any class, including Bard, and a spell you choose must be of level you can cast as shown on the bard table or a cantrip. The chosen spells count as bard spells for you and are included in the number of spells known column of the bard table. You also learn two additional spells from any class at 14th level and again at 18th level. At 20th level you gain superior inspiration, which when you roll initiative and have no use of the bardic inspiration left, you regain one use. This basically gives you an infinite usage of bardic inspiration. Every time you run out of one, just roll an initiative roll. By the way, initiative is only in combat. You can't do that any other time. Next, we read about all of the bard colleges, which are quite interesting. Unfortunately, today we'll only be touching down on the College of Lore and Valor, the ones that are actually in the player's handbook, because that's what I have right now, open. And with the College of Lore, You gain some very interesting abilities, like your bonus proficiencies, which isn't really an ability, but it's cool anyway. Where you join the College of Lore at 3rd level, you gain proficiency with 3 skills of your choice. That cannot be, I'm pretty sure, constitution or dexterity, because those are ones you already had proficiency of when you chose this class. No, it's dexterity and charisma. No, those are saving throws. Never mind, I'm sorry for this. Uh, Yeah, sorry. But, at 3rd level as well, you gain the ability Cutting Words, where you learn how to use your wit to distract, confuse, and otherwise sap the confidence of others. and comp- uh, Competence and confidence. And when a creature that you can see, within 60 feet of you, makes an attack roll, an ability check or damage roll, you can use your reaction to expend one of your uses of Bardic Inspiration, rolling a Bardic Inspiration dice, and subtracting the number rolled from the creature's roll. You can choose to use this feature after the DM makes its roll or the creature, not the DM, but before the DM determines whether the attack roll or ability checks the seeds or fails before the creature deals damage. The creature is immune if it cannot hear you or if it's immune to being charmed. So yeah, if the creature is immune to being charmed, it won't work. Same if uh, it cannot hear you like it has the effect deafened or if it simply cannot hear you because you're not close enough. You also have some additional magical secrets, where at 6th level, you can learn 2 spells of your choice from any class. A spell you choose must be of a level you can cast, as shown on the bard table, or a cantrip. The chosen spells count as bard spells for you, but do not count against the number of bard spells you know. At 14th level, when you make an ability check, you can expend one use of bardic inspiration, roll a bardic inspiration die and add the number rolled to your ability check. You can choose to do so after you roll the die for the ability check, but as normal, before the DM tells you whether you succeed or fail. Well, that's all for the College of Lore, and next we will move on to the College of Valor, where you also gain some very interesting abilities. When you join the College of Valor at 3rd level, you gain proficiency with medium armor, shields, and martial weapons. So this one is more focused on, it seems, combat than, like, lore. And at 3rd level you gain combat inspiration. Yes, it is focused on combat. Where you learn how to inspire others in battle. A creature that has a bardic inspiration die from you can roll that die and add the number rolled to a weapon damage roll it just made. Alternatively, when when an attack roll is made against the creature, you can use its reaction to roll the bardic inspiration die and add the number rolled to its AC against that attack after seeing the roll but before knowing whether it hits or misses. Starting at 6th level, you get one extra attack, which allows you to attack twice instead of once whenever you take the attack action on your turn. This is a similar ability to some other classes, like the fighter. And at 14th level, you have mastered the art of weaving spellcasting and weapon use into single harmonious act, where when you use your action to cast a bar spell, you can make one weapon attack as a bonus action for free, which can be pretty useful. And today, that's all we have for the bard. But I am going to actually read up upon another different Bard College, and I hope you enjoy this one too. As our bonus Bard College, since there are so many of them, I'm going to be reading up on the Bard College of Swords from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. At third level, when you join the College of Swords, you gain proficiency with the scimitar, at least that's how I think you say it, and medium armor. If you're proficient with a simpler martial melee weapon, you can use it as a spellcasting focus for your bard spells. At third level, you adopt a particular style of fighting as your specialty. Choose one of the following options. You cannot take a fighting style option more than once, even if you later get to choose again. This is actually quite interesting because you can choose dueling or two-weapon fighting as one of your fighting styles, and those are normally only for fighters or other classes with fighting styles mostly for fighters. And dueling means when you are wielding a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons, you gain a plus two bonus to damage rolls with that weapon. And two weapon fighting, which is holding two different weapons. When you engage in two weapon fighting, you can add your ability modifier to the damage of the second attack. At third level, you gain the ability Blade Flourish, where you can learn to conduct impressive displays of martial prowess and speed. Whenever you take the attack action on your turn, your walking speed increases by 10 feet until the end of the turn, and if a weapon attack that you make as part of this action hits a creature, you can use one of the following Blade Flourish options of your choice. You can only use one Blade Flourish option per turn, and then you can do it again next turn. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool ability. You can use the Defensive Flourish, where you can expend one of your Bardic Inspirations to cause the weapon to deal extra damage to the target you hit, and the damage equals the number you roll on your Bardic Inspiration dice. You can also add the number you rolled to your armor class until the start of your next turn. You can expend one use of your Bardic Inspiration to cause the weapon to deal extra damage to the target you hit and to any other creature of your choice that you can see within five feet of you. This is the slashing strike. The damage also equals the number you roll on your Bardic Inspiration die. You also have a mobile flourish which lets you expend one use of your Bardic Inspiration, as with the other two, to cause your weapon to deal extra damage to the target you just hit. The damage equals the number you roll on your Bardic Inspiration die. You can also push the target up to 5 feet away from you, plus a number of feet equal to the number you roll on that dice. You can then immediately use your reaction to move up to your walking speed to an unoccupied space within 5 feet of your current target. At 6th level, you can attack twice instead of once whenever you take the attack action on your turn. This is also very similar of the College of Valor's extra attack at 6th level as well. And at 14th level, you gain the Master's Flourish. Whenever you use a Blade Flourish option, you can roll a d6 and use that instead of spending your Bardic Inspiration dice. Well that was the Bard College of Swords, I really hope you enjoyed that. Next we are moving on to our race, which is the Tiefling. Tieflings are the race you almost always want to use if you want a character that has infernal heritage, very tall, and has enhanced spellcasting abilities. Um, They are pretty interesting characters, and I usually avoid playing a tiefling, because I usually like to play either an elf, a half orc, or a human character, mostly human. But I hear tieflings can be very fun, I've never played one myself, but I have some friends and family who enjoy playing as tieflings. Tieflings have interesting names, and as usual, I will try not to pronounce most of them, but I will try to pronounce the virtue names, since they are easier, and I have a less chance of accidentally mispronouncing something. So here we have the tieflings' virtue names. Art, carry on, Chant, Creed, Despair, Excellence, Fear, Glory, Hope, Ideal, Music. Nowhere. Omen. Poetry. Quest. Random. Reverence. Sorrow. Temerity. I can't pronounce that, sorry. Torment. And Weary. Honestly, those are pretty random. I have no idea where some of them will come from, but, uh, yeah. Tieflings share certain racial traits as a result of their infernal heritage and descent. Their intelligence score increases by 1, and their charisma increases by 2. Tieflings mature at the same rate as humans, but live a few years longer than most humans. Tieflings might not have an innate tendency towards evil, but many of them usually end up there. Evil or not, an impendent nature inclines many Tieflings towards a chaotic alignment. However, this is not always the case, as you, the player, can choose anything you want for your character. Tieflings are about the same size and build as humans, so your size would be medium. Speed, your base walking speed is 30 feet, so the same as my current character that I'm running through someone else's campaign. Thanks to your infernal heritage, you have superior vision in the dark and dim conditions, so you have dark vision, and can see in dim light within 60 feet, as if it were bright, and in darkness as if it were dim light. You cannot discern color in darkness, only shades of grey. You also have resistance to fire damage and you know the Thaumaturgy cantrip, and at 3rd level you can cast Hellish Rebuke spell as a 2nd level spell once with this trait and regain the ability to do so when you finish a long rest, not a short rest. When you reach 5th level you can cast the Darkness spell once with this trait and regain the ability to do so when you finish, as before, a long rest. Charisma is your spellcasting ability for these spells. You can also speak, read, and write Common and Infernal. So that's all for the t today, and now we will be moving on to our amazing monster, the Fire Newts. In regions that contain certain hot springs or volcanic activity, or similar hot and wet conditions, Fire Newts might be found. This humanoid amphibians live in a militaristic theocracy that reveres elemental fire in its worst incarnation. Listen. Um, I'm sorry if it seems like I'm reading directly from the books, that's because I am, and uh, I'm very sorry if this annoys anybody, especially Wizards of the Coast. I don't mean to annoy anybody, Uh, see, because I don't know much about some of these monsters myself and can't really improvise that much with some of them, Uh, so I am very sorry, as I said. Don't get mad at me, please. Heat Seekers. Fire Newts need hot water to live and breed. A fire newt becomes sluggish mentally and physically after spending a week away from an external source of moist heat, and a prolonged lack of heat can shut down a fire newt community as the creatures go with- into hibernation and their eggs stop developing. Fire Newts will delve for sources of heat in earth, such as boiling mud and hot springs, that make ideal places to settle though through excavation and mining in the area they fashion living space and obtain an ample supply of minerals for other uses such as smelting, smithing, and alchemy. A fire newt layer features a network of channels and sluices to circulate hot liquid through the settlement. The alchemy practiced by fire newts focuses on fire. One of their favorite mixtures is a paste of sulfur, mineral salts, and oil. Fire newts chew this blend habitually because doing so produces a pleasant internal heat, and it enables a Fire Newt to vomit forth a small ball of flame. Most Fire Newts carry a container with this mixture in it. Fire Newts are also re- religious militants. Fire Newt society and culture are based on the worship of Immix the prince of evil fire. This veneration of Immix leads Fire Newts to be aggressive, wrathful, and cruel. Fire Newt warlocks of Immix teach that by demonstrating these qualities, a Fire Newt warrior is... In combat, can become touched by the Fire Lord, entering a nearly unstoppable battle rage. This is not the Fire Lord from Avatar, so don't get confused with that. This is Imix, the evil Fire Prince. And they enter a nearly unstoppable battle rage. Warlocks of Imix command warriors to prove their worth by going on raids to bring back treasure and captives. The Warlocks take the choicest loot and a tithe to Imix and then those who are participated in the raid divide the rest according to merit. Prisoners that have no apparent usefulness are sacrificed to imix and then eaten. Those that are deemed capable of mining and performing other chores around the lair are kept as slaves for a while before meeting the same fate as the others. When fire-newts muster for war, rather than merely staging occasional raids, they take no prisoners. Their goal is nothing less than the annihilation of their foes, and they reserve the greatest animosity for others of their kind. It's likely that they're in competition for the same territory, and a bloody battle is usually result, if and only if two groups of Fire Newts come upon each other. Fire Newts also have a close relationship with a type of monstrous beasts; they believe a mix sent to aid them, borne out by the creature's ability to send a gout of flame against distant enemies, called Giant Striders, these monsters appear bird-like and reptilian, and but are truly neither. Fire newts provide shelter, food, and breeding grounds in their lairs for the giant striders, and the striders voluntarily serve as mounts for the elite fire newt soldiers. So the giant striders are actually monstrosities, as the Fire Newt warriors and warlocks of Imix, as well as other Fire Newts, are medium humanoids. So yeah, there's our fire nuke for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It, I found it really fun to record, just as I do with most of my other episodes. And it, I really, really, as I keep saying, hope you enjoyed. Uh, I'll have another episode out next Sunday, so stay tuned around then. And you may or may not see another episode next Sunday. So, yeah. Bye. Next hint. Actually, not next hint, but a hint. I do have a small hint for our next monster that I will be giving out to players. And it may or may not be from the Vol's Guide to Monsters book. Not the monster manual, like the the shield guardian was. Um, I won't exactly tell you which monster it is. But if you happen to have the book, it is indeed on page 158. So if you have the book, Full of Sky to Monsters, and would like to get a sneak peek of what I'm going to be talking about next episode, go to page 158. At least, that's the version that I have. Um, Yeah, bye.